So my first wake up moment came a few weeks on the job. Um, I was given a letter that an engineer had written and it was about a project where we're replacing a new water main. Well, again, I'm coming from the journalistic background, thought I was all the bomb here with my red pen. And I started marking out all the passive to be verbs and putting the action at the front and getting rid of all the technical jargon. And the engineer looked at me. He was very taken back and he was very offended at what I had done to his work. And I recognized at that moment that in order for people to buy into what I wanted to do, they first had to know my story. But more importantly, I had to walk in their shoes. I had to understand what it was like to design a project, to scope it, to bid it. Um, and I didn't know that. So my first lesson very quickly became in order to bring people along, whether here at Louisville Water or in the community, we have got to shift the thinking and put ourselves in someone else's position. Um, I'm very thankful that that engineer went on to become our president and I worked with him alongside and he didn't hold the red pen against me. <laughs> but uh, but that's something that I've really held true. So Welcome to What Are We Talking About? A podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. All right, listeners of What Are We Talking About? I uh, This legitimately may be the episode I'm most excited to record. Kelly is just an incredible human and an unbelievable visionary, in my opinion, for communications and water. So Kelly is currently the VP of Communications and Marketing at Louisville Water, and she has been running the show there for many, many years. We'll get into that here shortly. But Kelly, I, I originally came across you on LinkedIn. You had created a post, something about how the ways that we tell stories in water are unbelievably boring, and we have to change that up. So thank you for being a presence and a force in the industry, and I cannot wait to start asking you some questions about this. Uh, well, I'm excited to be here today. And, and yes, boring is not good for our industry, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, Kelly, and I got to know you. We've been connected on LinkedIn for a while, and same thing, uh, impressed with what you've done. So one of the things Adam and I always like to do is we like to see how people got into the water industry, and you have a pretty unique path. We've had some guests that have had the same path, but you studied broadcast journalism in college. And uh, and why don't you tell us a little bit about how that's informed how you've uh, done your job at uh, Louisville Water? Yeah, so I am I am a journalist by trade. Um, and, and, and how it defines me is that here at Louisville Water, we tell stories. We do not issue statements. So we're very conversational. We're very authentic and proactive. Um, I ended up at Louisville Water because I was burnt out in television news. I had a nanny who should have lived with us and fed my child breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I realized I wanted to be a career person, but also a mom. My husband had a very busy career as well. Happened to know somebody at Louisville Water Company. She said, it's a brand new job. You should apply. I said, what the heck? I had no idea where my drinking water came from. And I like to say I drank the water because that was 24 years ago. Um, and I'm still here. Um, and it is, it is um, without a doubt, the best career decision that I ever made. 
And 24 years later, you had told me a bit about where the communications department had started versus where it is today. And I want you to walk us through that journey. And the reason is so many people that we, we talk to around communications in the water, especially at utility level, will say, well, I mean, is it really that important? Like, I, there's clearly not a budget. Like, is it really worth fighting right. for growing, growing this sort of team? And for you, I would say, yes, 100% is the answer, but I'd love to hear this. Absolutely. Story. Yeah. So when I came to Louisville Water in 1999, we doubled the size of the communication staff. We went from one person to two. Um, <laughs> now, and I think that was progressive at the time. You know, I like to say Louisville Water um, our founders in 1860 were actually communicators and marketing a product that nobody used. People drank bourbon in the 1800s here. They didn't want to pay for water when bourbon and the well water was free. So they were trying to convince people in the 1800s. Um, Louisville Water has always had, I'm going to say, an emphasis on communications because there was someone in that seat before I came. But what I've been able to do with the support of our president and others here at Louisville Water I've been able to build the team, make a business case for communication. So today, the footprint at Louisville Water has gone from two people to um, we fluctuate between 18 to 20 employees. It's a mix of full-time, part-time, seasonal, some contract staff. The person who hired me retired, now came back and works for me as a contractor. Um, And the footprint has changed, too. We're not just a traditional communications department. We do internal and external comms. But we also are very focused on branding, education and outreach. We have a team in schools every single day, public affairs, economic development. I've not found another water professional who does economic development like we do at Louisville Water. Um, And then I'm also involved in new lines of business. We have a museum at our original pumping station. Um, We're actually developing products and services that we sell. And my role from 1999 to today has gone from being a communications specialist to now a vice president at Louisville Water. And that's important because the president and myself and our chief engineer, we're all at the same table. It's a C-suite position. There is nothing that gets discussed at Louisville Water that doesn't have the lens of the community or strategic communications approach assigned to it. Um, Doesn't mean we always do it perfectly, but at least there is someone at that table looking at the opportunity in a different way, in a different lens. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, Kelly. So, you know, obviously it's a technical job to uh, purify water, right? So you've been dealing throughout these 24 years with engineers. Can you tell us about how you've convinced these engineers who see things, you know, a little differently than, uh, you know, someone from a journalistic background to convince them that this was the right path to take? Yeah, Jim, I'm laughing because you said dealing with engineers. I would never <laughs> say that. <laughs> Actually, I do sometimes. No. You know, so my first wake up moment came a few weeks on the job. Um, I was given a letter that an engineer had written, and it was about a project where we're replacing a new water main. Well, again, I'm coming from the journalistic background, thought I was all the bomb here with my red pen. And I started marking out all the passive to be verbs and putting the action at the front and getting rid of all the technical jargon. And the engineer looked at me, he was very taken back and he was very offended at what I had done to his work. And I recognized at that moment that in order for people to buy into what I wanted to do, they first had to know my story, but more importantly, I had to walk in their shoes. I had to understand what it was like to design a project, to scope it, to bid it. Um, And I didn't know that. So 
my first lesson very quickly became in order to bring people along, whether here at Louisville Water or in the community, we have got to shift the thinking and put ourselves in someone else's position. Um, I'm very thankful that that engineer went on to become our president and I worked with him alongside and he didn't hold the red pen against me. <laughs> but uh, but that's something that I've really held true. So here in my department, um, one of the first things that you do if you come to work for me is you're going to learn river to faucet, what we do at Louisville Water, how we turn the Ohio River into drinking water, and what are all those steps along the way. Um, we're going to sit and listen to customer calls who can't from people who can't pay their bill. We're going to hang out with a dispatcher who has to take a call in the middle of the night about a water main break. And we're actually going to go out into the community and watch what happens when we dig up the street. Um, so I've learned also, the other piece that I've learned to build my team is I have to think like an engineer. I have to think like our CFO. And that means I have to put a business case around communications. It cannot just be the afterthought. I have to show that return on investment. And I've been able to do that with consumer research, um, which sometimes can be a little squishy, right? Communications, sometimes we know we did a good job if we don't hear from anybody. But that's not the case. We want those organic endorsements. So by attaching a business plan to what we do, I've been able to build support um, to not only grow the team, but get the funding that we need to do our job. And Kelly, what, what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this? They're at a utility and they're saying, yes, 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 I get it. I would love to grow the comms department. But like, where do I even start with a business case or an ROI justification? Yeah, the first thing that I would tell anyone is you have to start by listening. And that can be research. It can be just a focus group amongst your employees. Um, you know, most drinking water utilities in the United States are small systems. They're medium systems. So they only have perhaps 10 to 20, maybe 30 employees. And so to carve out a communications department may not be feasible. But who in that utility can be the communicator? Is it the general manager? Is it your customer service manager? Who can be the face of that utility? And you have to have a reason to do it. And the reason to do it comes from the people you serve. If they don't know where their drinking water comes from, if they don't understand how things get put in the ground and the tests that you do, you have to ask those questions first to make your business case. Um, and you've got to start small. If you don't do anything else, then you have to start on the inside. A good communications plan always starts on the inside. And so you may not have a robust program, but you have people who work at your utility and those people should be informed about what you do, why you do it, so that they can feel comfortable answering a question if they're at the grocery store, at their kid's school. Anyone who sees us with our logo on, we're a communicator at that point. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. And many of the people that uh, are in our audience, Kelly, are suppliers of products and services to municipalities like Louisville Water. Any, any recommendations on how they can yeah. approach 
you know, whether they're selling a pump or a, some type mm-hmm. of service, chemicals, any, any suggestions on how they should approach Louisville water? Well, I, I think even our suppliers, consulting engineers, maybe you, you know, produce pumps or equipment, you have a story to tell with that. So if you can help the utility explain what that does, as if you're talking to a politician, a grandma, or a fourth grader, then that will go a long way. Um, one thing that we started to do at Louisville Water is when we do a large capital project, so a water main or a transmission main replacement, the consulting engineer and the contractor are with us at the planning meeting. If we do a media event, I actually require them to be there as well. I want them to see how we communicate and why the brand matters. Another thing that's interesting about how you view public events and Louisville Water's presence in the community is that you think about the water as a product and you think about Louisville Water as a brand. And I don't often hear those terms in our sector. So could you talk a bit about some of the ways that you have, I will say, pushed the brand out into the community Mm -hmm. and worked with vendors who might be hosting events to say, hey, Louisville Water needs to be front and center. Yeah, so Louisville Water is a brand. I'm not a fan of the word utility because it implies government and it implies monopoly. And and we, while we are somewhat associated to the government, we are definitely a monopoly in terms of providing drinking water. We're a brand and that gives us that emotional attribute. It's I want people to say good things about us when we're not in the room. So Louisville Water is the parent brand. Um, our product brand is Louisville Pure Tap. So we're the only drinking water utility in the United States that's trademarked tap water. And so here's Louisville Pure Tap, the logo here's on my reusable bottle. So what we have done is we've taken this water, the product, associated it with the parent brand, and we've treated ourselves like any other brand would. If you go to an arena, there's one soft drink provider, right? You can't bring the other one in. We do the same thing here. If you want Louisville water at your event, for most events, then you need to serve the brand, Um, which means we have mobile units that connect to a water source. We have compostable cups and water pitchers. Our education program is tied to that. We actually put our brand around bottle filling stations. So there are 90 locations in Louisville, everything from the airport to the convention center to a distillery, the zoo, the soccer stadium, where you can actually bring in an empty bottle to a sporting event, and you can fill it up at the, the filling station, which, which has our logo and our brand on it. So we've taken this idea of water, not so much as a product, but it's a lifestyle. There's an emotional attachment to it. And we actually talk about the taste. That's the other thing as well. We've all traveled someplace where the water didn't taste quite right. Um, and I know you're thinking about that in your head right now, where those places are. We in this industry know that perhaps it's their source, maybe, right? But the general consumer tastes that water and they're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Taste equals perception, perception equals reality. And so here in Louisville, we are, we are just fanatic about the taste of our water because you could not call it pure tap if it did not taste like pure tap. So that's the other piece of what we do. So pushing out that messaging, um, about the quality, the innovation, the taste, and making sure that our water is at the table. Um, all of our employees know if you're on a board or on a commission, the kids play sports, then you can serve the brand and we're going to make it easy for you to do that. 
Yeah. So I, uh, you, you're such a forward thinking, and I won't use the word utility because I have religion now. Uh, water <laughs> supplier. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit where it's going? Uh, any any future ideas on where you're taking this uh, these concepts? Because you're so far ahead of so many other people in the same space. Yeah. So there's a couple things that we're really pushing ahead on. One is um, I'm going to call it the adult audience. So we did a really good job starting out with kids, right? So it's easy to get into the school program. And we were very strategic. Our curriculum is aligned to when teachers teach things that complement water. So we have a reason to be in that classroom. We know when fourth graders learn about soil and earth and, and history and filtration. So we did a really good job with the kids. And we know that because we're starting to see the ripple effect now. So for example, I'm at a restaurant not too long ago and someone sees me and he goes, aren't you that water woman that came to my fifth grade class? And I'm like, oh my God, how long ago was that? But I actually had a distillery tour guide here in, in, in a bourbon distillery, recognized me from a field trip too, which was crazy. So we're taking what we've learned with the kids and we're bringing it up to what I'm going to call the adult and the business audience. So here's what I mean by that. Economic development. We are very focused on building the water brand and bringing a business to the Louisville region. We can sometimes not do what the electric companies can do with incentives, but if a site selector is coming here and we're talking about what we're talking about industry, then we're going to be part of a bourbon and water tasting. We're going to serve our water alongside bourbon, and we're going to talk about the advantages in terms of pricing and our supply and our quality. We're also doing the same thing with existing businesses. When they expand, we need to tell a story about that. We've created a campaign called Water Grows Kentucky, which places water in the spotlight for Kentucky's signature industries. Um, the other thing that we're doing to really push forward on the messaging is we're using strategic drivers. We've taken all of this consumer research we have, and we've looked at where can we do a better job? Perhaps that's renters, maybe that's certain zip codes, maybe that's people who are new to Louisville who grew up in another country. How do we shape the message and build the water brand and create education? Um, so it's looking at the data, looking at the audiences, and then trying to make sure we still have that trust score so that when there's um, a barge incident on the Ohio River, when there's something about emerging contaminants, we have enough trust in the goodwill bucket so that all these organic endorsements will say, oh, that's okay. Louisville Waters got that. I, does that make I, sense? Does that, yes. does that help? Yeah. Yes, completely. Okay. I uh at some point, Kelly, if you're up for it, I think you should maybe run this type of stuff on a national level because we we, <laughs> we desperately need it. It's so yeah. good. And it's such a shame that we're coming up towards the end of our time on the show today. And we always have one final question for our guests, which is our infamous okay. airplane banner question. So Jim and I have managed to find a plane that we're going to fly to Kentucky. We're going to pick you up. And on the back of the plane, you get a banner. That's basically a tweet's worth of characters. And we're going to fly that plane in front of the home of every water professional around the world. What do you want that banner to say? When you talk about water, have your water in your hand. How many times have we been to a conference where there's bottled water on the table? How many times have you gone to a media event where someone hands you a bottle of water there's always a time for bottled water in an emergency, perhaps in a crisis if you're immunocompromised. 
But in order to build support for the brand, you have to first start by drinking the brand. Great, great. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, Kelly, this has been great. And, you know, I second what uh, Adam said. I don't know if you actually go out there and, and how much interaction you have with other water suppliers. I won't call them utilities, water suppliers that you kind of exchange these information and really trade the ideas that you've come up with and maybe they've come up with. I don't, I don't know if that's something that's happening, but, you know, I, I, think it, I think it's great what you're doing there and really appreciate your efforts. Well, thank you. Well, I, I do, through my work with the American Water Works Association, I do get to do some travel. Um, and everywhere I go, that's one of the biggest messages I talk about is communication and branding. Um, we all have a responsibility to do it. So uh, I appreciate you giving me the chance to, to share my story today. Thanks for coming on, Kelly. Really appreciate it. Thank you.